This is episode 179. My name is Matt, and this is the weekly podcast discussing everyday tech for everyday people. And in this week's episode, I'd like to share with you a project that I've been working on. And in that project, uh, came across some things that I found concerning. So I would like to share those with you as time goes on in this episode. Before we get into the show today, you can check out mrptechreviews.com. That's my website where I post anything related to the podcast and um, other things as well. You can also check out podnuts.com, the tech podcast network. Uh, there's a lot of great shows over at podnuts.com, uh, and I encourage you all to check them out as soon as possible. So in this week's episode, I want to tell you about a project that I've been working on, and um I'm myself, uh, I, I am basically the same boat as everybody else right now, and um, I'm, I'm sort of stuck at home, and that allowed me the opportunity to catch up on some projects that I have been wanting to work on for a very long time. Now, the project that I have been working on is a, a music project in which I, w- I wanted to take a, a video from YouTube of, of a popular jazz song and I wanted to write it out for my band uh, that's called transcribing and I wanted to make it playable for my band and this is something that somebody has been asking me to do for I don't know three or four years now at this point maybe even longer and there was a couple of different ways that I could have done it and um, basically how it started was there is a band I want to say in Spain, uh, that's called the St. Andrews Jazz Band. Uh, it's a it's a group uh, that is encourages students to perform in a jazz style, and it's these these students are phenomenal students, phenomenal players, and um, they had performed this song that was called Wave. Uh, it was originally written by Antonio Carlos Jobim, and this particular version of Wave was one of the nicer versions that um, that. I've ever heard and somebody from my audience wanted us to play it and the problem was it was originally written for French horn soloist and we don't have any French horns in our band so one of the things one of the reasons why I put it off for so long is because um, I knew I was going to have to write out the part and I sort of drag my feet when whenever there's a project uh, that involves me arranging or transcribing music uh, not something I like to do a whole lot unless I have a really good idea of what I want to do. So it was uh, the first thing I did. I went and tried to find a commercially available online and I'm not really comfortable with purchasing it from um, uh, uh, just kind of a random website. Uh, the, it is available, um, but again, it was written for French horn and I wanted it available for trombone. So I did some research. I was trying to find this particular version of a song in a format that we could play with our band. And ultimately I decided to write it out myself just by listening to it. And so the sort of goal here was to just make this an easy project in which that I could get this over with as soon as possible and have it done. And one of the things that I have always done in the past, I've always had music notation software that was uh, something I paid for years ago and it was called Sibelius, and Sibelius decided to finally uh, become corrupt on my computer, and it wasn't something that I was able to fix. It was a playback issue. A lot of the audio was having all sorts of trouble uh, uh, playing back, so that ultimately made things very difficult for me. Now, immediately after that, I decided to... um, 
I thought about a project that is something that I have supported in the past and uh, I use occasionally in, in the classroom. And um, I've talked about this on the show before. It's called MuseScore. In fact, uh, way back on episode 101, I talked about, uh, I actually interviewed one of the developers for MuseScore. His name was Daniel Ray. And we had a really great conversation about where MuseScore um, was headed, the, the history of MuseScore, uh, what it was originally about, the original development team, um, and, and where it was sort of going in the future. And uh, that was a really great episode. If you'd like to go back and take a listen to that, uh, there's a lot of really good stuff in that episode. And in that episode, they mentioned the release of MuseScore 3, which was becoming soon. And uh, several months later, I, I actually took a look at MuseScore 3 and reviewed it on the show. So MuseScore you can find at MuseScore.com. It is a music notation software that is free and open source and um, is, is cross-platform. Now MuseScore is um, something that I have used in the classroom quite a bit. I have uh, told my students about because the uh, professional uh, quality notation software that is out there is very expensive. You're looking at over $600 usually for for um, a piece of software that, in, in, let's face it, in, in my position, I'm not going to be using every day. And there are education discounts. Um, still makes it quite pricey, uh, even with the education discount. So we have things like Sibelius. There's another version of software called Finale. And uh, Dorico is another popular one. Um, there's issues with all of them. None of them are perfect. Uh, Finale has been around for decades, so has Sibelius. Sibelius now is a more of a subscription service you have to pay a monthly service for. And I quite frankly don't uh, really like Sibelius anymore because a while back they fired all of their developers and, um, and that was a big issue for a long time. And this new uh, software, Dorico, I haven't checked out. I've heard lots of good things about, uh, but it also is $600. So um, I really did not want to spend a whole lot of money uh, for uh, just this project that I'm working on. So MuseScore was my um, fallback. Now, MuseScore traditionally has done everything that I really needed it to, um, and I've, I've arranged a big band chart for Muse, using MuseScore and it's played it with my band before. And it's not the greatest piece of software, but it gets the job done um, in relatively easy. I've, I've always uh, had things that I really liked about MuseScore. One of the things that I liked to do is if I have something very quick that I needed to um, arrange or um, transpose from one instrument to another instrument, I use MuseScore just because it's easy, uh, it's and it's free, and there's there's really not a whole lot to it. So I would talk with my students quite often, and I would tell them about MuseScore to see if I can um, get students interested in writing music. Just a few weeks ago, uh, with with uh, students now uh, doing distance learning indefinitely, so to speak, um, one of the assignments I had was was if you have um, Windows or Mac or Linux at home to to go and download MuseScore and experiment with it. Watch the, the great videos on YouTube on how to uh, write music. And I actually had some students that actually came up with some very creative software songs that they, they made with MuseScore. And so MuseScore is a powerful 
piece of software that can be freely available for students. And one of the things that we talked about in this interview back way back in episode 101 was um, the fact that music education was a big deal uh, for the MuseScore team. And they had a lot of really great ideas of how to make those music uh, make music um, widely available for students. Now, MuseScore was uh, a few years ago, it was purchased by Ultimate Guitar, and their development team was out of uh, Kaliningrad, Russia, I believe, and um, they were on a very fast pace of development, um, and uh, there was a lot of really great things happening with MuseScore, and so I'd sort of talked MuseScore up quite a bit. One of the things that I really wanted to do recently was I wanted to transcribe a song, and so with Sibelius not working, uh, here's, here's MuseScore ready to save the day. So I want to show you real quick one of the things that I wanted to do, okay? So um, here is the, it's like a five second clip I'm going to share uh, with you of the St. Andrews Jazz Band um, playing the beginning of this song, Wave. So here, I'm just going to just watch your ears just in case. <laughs> Okay, so one of the things that that recording is from, from a YouTube video. And so what I wanted to do is I wanted to take that video and I wanted to write it out for my band, okay? And so in the past, MuseScore.com has been a resource for being able to get quick access to other people's uh, who have, have used MuseScore that may have written a song for um, something else, not necessarily a big band. Maybe they had a small group or a piano or something or solo instrument. And you could go quickly go to MuseScore.com and you could use it as a resource uh, for your composing. And one of the things that I did was I would often have students come to MuseScore.com to search for popular music that they wanted to learn. Now, way back in episode 101, um, we talked about this. We talked about how MuseScore.com was a great place for anybody to um, share music and post music. And it was a great place to, um, number one, you could license your music legally. You could um, set your song for Creative Commons, whatever you wanted to do. And it was a really great resource for music educators. And um, I should pause for a second. Okay, so we're 197, 179 episodes in now of this show. I don't recall a time where I have criticized a project. I have, I, and there have been times where I maybe didn't agree completely with a certain project. There has not to my memory been a time where I openly criticized the project and um, I think there are some ethical issues here that I want to talk about and I struggle with this because I really do like the MuseScore project and I like the MuseScore team. Uh, they're, they're really good people but their philosophy seems to have changed and let me show you what I mean by that. Okay, so about a year ago I wrote a, a song 
um, I was really into the free software song, which is basically, um, it was originally sort of created by Richard Stallman. He took it from another song. Um, and what I did is just sort of for fun, I wrote it out for my band. And I, I, at the time I was talking about free and open source and all of the, um, basically the meaning behind it all. And what I did is I posted it on musescore.com and kind of posted a comment way down at the bottom. It says, in, this, in the spirit of free and open source software, this score is made available for free to anyone to download, study, perform, practice, change, and redistribute in any way that they choose. Okay. So what I did is I was trying to make this version. I, I, I did it for fun. I didn't. It's not something that I want to sell. This is just something that I wanted to... Um, sort of give away and um, see what other people thought about it. So back a year ago, there was there were several different versions of the song. There was a rock version of the song. There was a heavy metal version of the song. Uh, there was a piano solo version of the song. There was the original Richard Stallman version singing. And uh, nobody had done a big band version of it. So I thought, you know, I, this is going to be really great. Um, I, this will just be for fun. And I posted up on uh, musescore.com. Now, when I did this, um, I chose the exact license that I wanted, Creative Commons uh, Copyright Waiver. Okay. Uh, back at episode 101, one of the things that we talked about was that, yes, all of this music uh, is uh, readily available at musescore.com. And there was a conversation about liberating music about making music freely available to uh, the masses or students and there was a misconception that um, musescore.com just because it was was posted there doesn't mean that they haven't licensed it and that ultimate guitar and musescore they were actively licensing a lot of the music that was on there and they had a team developed and put together to take care of these licensed issues. And so they were working on this separately from musescore.com. So you could go to musescore.com and you could look up a song like wave that I wanted to work on and you could download the music freely and available. And so that was sort of the liberating of the music. Okay. Now you can go to musescore.com and you can see, and you can look up this, this music. And in the past, you used to be able to download, you could actually open it directly in musescore. You could view as a PDF, you could um, download the MP3 of the file. And in the past, you could download all of this freely available. Um, and for me, as somebody who wanted to put this music up, I could, I believe I had a, a limited amount of space. I think I could upload five songs, which was perfectly reasonable. Uh, and before you started a, a membership and that seemed reasonable to me that you have an option to still be able to download this music for free. And if you want to put lots of music up uh, and make it available, um, then you need to pay for the space. And I I sort of get that. The problem is now when you go to download this music, um, now you're hit with a pop up menu that says download the score or any other of our uh, one million plus score catalog for free for 30 days. Um, And so now you don't even have the option anymore. In the past, some of the music was readily available and not all of it. You had to pay a very uh, small fee 
And if you go through the process and sort of talk about what the fee is, right now, uh, anywhere from six ninety nine to two forty nine a month, and so basically thirty dollars a month right now is the deal. Um, and this was not what I signed up for when when I wanted to post and make freely available my music. Um, I wanted this to be available for anybody, and I even set it as Creative Commons so that anybody could have access to this. So. Let's say I am not logged in here um, and I want to download this version of the song that I put out freely available for anybody. Again, I still have this pop-up that makes me want to subscribe and I have to pay $3 a month for. Um, I think this is uh, a bad business practice and I get the reasoning behind it, but... That is not what we were talking about, um, you know, a year ago or a little over a year ago. Um, One of the things that they were talking about is liberating music. And they were actually actively researching um, and and paying for licenses for anything that was posted on MuseScore.com. Now, I understand the recording business. I understand the... um, the copyright laws that are in effect. And I understand that um, MuseScore.com probably has, and and they have said this in in the interview in episode 101, that they have agreements with um, these recording companies uh, and and publishers and everything else. and, And they work to actively create new partnerships. The issue here that I have is not the issue about uh, making money, uh, and I, I think uh, especially making money off an open source project. The issue here that I have is the fact that you can publish something um, on on MuseScore that you intend for a Creative Commons license, and now it's behind a paywall, and um, that wasn't the intention from uh, the get go. Now. I understand with certain songs, you may have to uh, obtain a license. Like Wave, okay? So Wave was put out on an album, I believe, in the 1960s by Antonio Carlos Jobim. Um, Somebody still owns that music, and you can create your own arrangements, but yeah, you'll have to pay um, a royalty fee for this. It probably won't be all that much, but um, you still have to pay a royalty fee. So I understand MuseScore has to pay for that. Um, but they were actively paying for, for, for these things before MuseScore.com uh, was locked down. So either MuseScore as a company or Ultimate Guitar as a company was paying for these licenses on their own. And they, they were actively liberating music and they wanted people to liberate music. In fact, I was convinced to sort of quote unquote liberate some jazz standards for them. They asked me to go to musescore.com and try to uh, put out a whole bunch of jazz standards that um, needed liberating. And they were, they didn't want to do it themselves because they didn't want it to seem like um, they were, um, you know, actively doing this themselves. They wanted somebody else to do it. So I was trying to, to help the team out. And I, I, I did what they wanted me to do. I put this music out, made it available. And um, they gave me the music and I just put it out there. And 
immediately I questioned that when they first started doing that. Um, and I wasn't sure where they were going, but they were telling me that this music was licensed. Um, so either number one, they lied to me at the very beginning that they weren't um, licensing this music and they got caught and maybe there was a lawsuit that maybe they got, um, you know, threatened with, with fines and things like that. And they had to lock down the website or they're just trying to make money off the website. And I don't care if you're trying to make money off the website, but the, what I do care about is the other people that are posting music, uh, over the last few years and making it freely available under creative commons licenses. And now it's behind a paywall. I think that's a criticism that is fair. Uh, MuseScore itself, the notation software, is a good piece of software and it has come a long way. It's still not great, uh, and, but it gets the job done for the most part. So here I am, I'm trying to um, find some resources for this song wave and I want to support a, a free and open source piece of software. But now um, I can't have access to other than just seeing the website. And yes, you can go onto the website and you can see the music, but it would have really helped me and it would have saved me a whole lot of time if I would have been able to just download the song, which was at one point in time freely available. Uh, and in fact, I don't know exactly when the, the change was made because over the last few months, at some point, I did go to musescore.com and I was able to uh, download music. So I want to say late 2019, this happened. Not exactly sure when it was. And there's a lot of people that were unhappy about this. I went to the MuseScore forums. Uh, I did look up why this was the case and there was not really a whole lot. I sent the MuseScore team a message and I, I, I asked them specifically, what happened to the whole idea about liberating music? And um, I see that the whole uh, musescore.com website is behind a paywall now. Can you ex explain a little bit for me about that? And here's the thing. MuseScore used to be something that I would send my students to. Uh, and specifically, they told me that it was about music education, one of their highest priorities. So currently, with the... Um, these sort of uh, schools uh, all around the world switching to distance learning indefinitely until this whole coronavirus thing is over. Um, you have things like smart music and a wide range of um, online music education platforms that are offering free services until the end of the school year. And MuseScore has locked down their website. MuseScore used to be something I used to be able to tell one of my clarinet players to go to MuseScore.com and look for her favorite K-pop band and try to download the music and try to learn it. Uh, it's a serious disservice to students when you put something behind a paywall. Okay, so number one, offer something for free on a limited basis to everybody. Maybe you could download you know, a certain number per week or a certain number per month or something like that. Uh, make it five, you know, something, something similar. Number two, um, you can't just expect everybody to pay a subscription. Uh, and, and the people that really need this are probably students. Now, I have no interest in posting any more music to musescore.com at this point in time because it's all behind that paywall. Uh, when I posted something, I wanted it readily available for free. And maybe that's, um, maybe that's where I'm wrong at this point. But when you create something that you intend uh, to use with free and open source software, and you intend to make it readily available 
for anybody to see, anybody to use, anybody to redistribute. And then that is taken and put behind a paywall. That's uh, a, a little insulting. Um, and I think there's an ethical dilemma there. Now, MuseScore itself is free and open source software. Um, and it, as far as I know, will always be free and open source. Uh, the original developers created it to be free and open source. MuseScore.com was a, a commercial project. And yes, there was an idea of making money with MuseScore.com. But when your whole philosophy was about liberating music, making it freely available to people, and you were already paying licenses for that, I have a, uh, an argument there when you lock it down and put it behind a pay paywall. And so that is my point. It's not to say that I don't like the, the project. Um, I do like MuseScore. I do like... Uh, that students can do things with it. The problem is with MuseScore.com and with it behind the paywall and that students no longer have access to MuseScore.com, which was a great resource for them to be able to find and, and, and get exposure to all sorts of music that they wouldn't have found anywhere else. So I did not hear back from MuseScore when I sent the message. And... Um, that kind of, I gave it, actually, I gave it a couple more days. I wanted to record this podcast on Sunday and I gave it till Wednesday to, to hear back in case I was, was wrong about a few things. And, and I understand maybe currently there, there may be a, a low, you know, staffing in their office or they may be working from home or that type of thing. And I get that. It's not a criticism about the development team. It's a, it's an ethical question on whether or not they should be um, putting this music behind a paywall. I understand you have to pay for copyrighted music, but you were doing that already, and it's an ethical dilemma, and I'm not sure what I think about that at this point in time. So what do you guys think about it? Um, I'm not opposed to an open source business making money. That's not what the argument is about here. Uh, what I am opposed to is an open source company that was specifically mentioning making this music readily available to everyone they were paying licenses and they got a bunch of people to post a bunch of music on their website and then they put it behind a paywall. That is not good business practice as far as I'm concerned. And um, so ultimately what I ended up doing was I ended up um, finishing my project in MuseScore and I do have a final version of it. Now MuseScore itself is a, um, it doesn't have great playback sounds and I'm okay with that. Uh, it basically just allowed me to um, to uh, write out the music that I needed, and um, so I'm going to play that for you as I as I put the show out uh, and we close the show for this week. This is my final project that I ended up working on, and um, this what I did is I took the music. So you're, if you're watching the YouTube video, you'll see there's a, a wide range of instruments from saxophones to trumpets to trombones, uh, guitar, bass, piano, and drums. I listened to that YouTube video that I played for you earlier and I wrote out note for note the parts as best that I could. And eventually when this is all over, I will um, play it 
for uh, everybody live with my band. So this is Wave. Uh, I'm going to play this out um, as the rest of as the show uh, comes to an end, and you're going to hear the computerized sounds. But you kind of hear some silence in the middle. That is for like soloists and that type of thing. So there's you'll hear kind of just not a whole lot going on in the middle of it. Um, but kind of gives you an idea of of the songs that were. Um, trying to play. And so that's going to do it for this week. If you have comments uh, about this, I'd love to hear them. You can email me mrptechreviews at gmail.com. And love to hear from anybody at, at this point. I had a, had a listener uh, just email me the other day about um, one of the episodes I did in March. And uh, so thank you for, for uh, reaching out. I definitely appreciate that. And um, that's going to do it for this week. Thanks, everybody, for listening. We'll see you next time. And here is my version of Wave uh, that I transcribed from that YouTube video. And uh, hope you enjoy it. Thank you.